sigo shirome. It really pops out and it grows. Get all right, all right, all right. It is the Philly Experience Podcast. It's T and I back at it talking sports. Um, we tend to take a, a few weeks break in between each podcast, but you know that's how real life is now for us. Um, Do we know it's hard? Jobs, uh, you know, we're we're working men now. T, um, T, uh, you have a special announcement if you'd like to um, say it. Well, yeah, so, uh, you know, a little family thing two weeks ago, in case anybody that doesn't know. Um, my wife gave birth to a little girl. We named her Sophia. Um, she's already, oh, yeah. She's already an Eagles fan because I, I, that's how I raised my children. We're not doing, we're not doing, you know, no Cowboys fans. No, we're not doing no outside Eagles fandom. We are an Eagles family, and, that, and I'm establishing that from day one. Hell yeah, T. Hell yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, we've always been saying how T's the old man, and uh, he, he's <laughs> proved it here with uh, having a child. Um, he, he created another human being. Uh, Max well, and I. You well, know, my wife um, created the human being. In all, in all. Well, that is true. She gets all the credit yeah, in the world. She definitely gets the credit um, for that. Um, definitely. <clears throat> and you know, Max and I just graduate in college. We're not. We're not quite there yet. At least I'm not. Um, I'm not <laughs> ready for any of that, T. But you are it's ridiculous. Um, you are the guy, T. You really are. You are. Uh, you're our role model in a way of <laughs> this podcast. I guess we can say with. Um, uh, with you and you know, getting into the sports team. I, I didn't think I would. Uh, I didn't think I would be in the position of a role model, but I definitely appreciate it, guys. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, don't don't take that to you know, don't don't let your head get too big. I'm only saying you're a role model because you're older than us. <laughs> um, getting into the sorry ass Philadelphia sports uh, category that we have found ourselves in right now. Um, with the 76ers getting eliminated in Game 7, Round 2 of the NBA playoffs. You have the you know Flyers, who basically aren't really a hockey team at this point in time. Uh, they're kind of debating whether or not they should be sold as an organization. Um, you got the Philadelphia Eagles coming off a Super Bowl loss. I still have nightmares about it. Don't know about you, T. Um, yeah. But... They are getting better, and we'll get into that and better in terms of adding uh, pieces that they've really needed to add. Um, and the Philadelphia Phillies are currently playing right now uh, in, in terms of you know their season. They're not playing a game right now, but they are 20 and 23, fourth in the NL East. Uh, they're coming off a sweep right now, and that's why we're going to start with the Phillies because they are our current team. They're the team that we're going to have to rep until September. Um, that is when the Eagles start their their season. Um, they play tomorrow against the Chicago Cubs at 7 p.m. T. Have you been watching some of this Phillies? Um, now you have the inconsistency that always follows the Philadelphia Phillies. They'll win by 14 one game. Next game they'll get blown out. Uh, they'll win three games in a row, then they'll lose four games in a row. It, that is the Philadelphia Phillies. That's the theme every season. Now they are without uh, Reese Hoskins. Um, Hall, after stepping in for Reese Hoskins, got injured. Um, you have Harper finally coming back after that. Tommy John's very 
a very quick recovery very for Bryce quick. Harper um, off that Tommy John's. And you have players that just aren't stepping up. You have Castellanos who, you know, the, at the start of the season, you were like, okay, you know, that uh, every time you heard an announcer, broadcaster talk about Castellanos coming up to the plate, oh, this he's only going to get better with time. Next season's going to be his season. You, you see kind of flashes of that, but then, you know, he's very inconsistent. Um, and boom, he started off the season uh, kind of hot, but now we're we're going into what it's been like forty three games now in the season. So that that was talk from the beginning of the season. Um, when you look into the stats, T. Now I'll let you go first and just talk uh, before we bring in the stats. But what do you think about this Philadelphia Phillies team? Um, they're inconsistent. Um, yeah, I mean I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, th- this has pretty much been the team's mantra for a couple years now. I think pretty much since and I'm not blaming this on Bryce Harper, but ever since the signing of Bryce Harper, this has pretty much been the mantra of the team. You know they they start off slow, they're inconsistent to start. We're we're questioning the pitching, we're questioning you know lineups and things of that nature. I mean hell, um, just as a real quick side note, I, I I'm even hearing. You know, a couple of fans saying maybe Rob Thompson's not the guy. I don't think I'm ready to go there just yet. But wow, there's already there's already you know some whispers about that. But anyway, I mean, this has pretty much been the mantra of the Phillies for the past couple of seasons. And I mean, last season they pretty much did the same thing around this time. They started to get hot around August, September time, and then you know with the, we we all know the legendary run that they went on all the way to the World Series. I mean. The thing is, though, and the thing that always has scared me is the fact that, you know, there's all there's there's great teams in in the National League. And for the Phillies to to start off as slow as they are, that always bothers me. That always scares me because you already have two other powerhouses in your own division alone with the Braves and the Mets. So winning the division, you know, getting into the playoffs, winning the division, you know, that's all that's damn near impossible. But now you're talking about you know, sneaking in and grabbing one of these wild card spots like they did last year. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, last year was kind of sort of beginners. It was lucky, honestly. Like, they were, they just got really lucky, and they got hot at the right time. And I understand that's what baseball is all about, getting in, just getting in and, you know, just starting to get hot. But you can't continue to rely on luck to get you through. That's just not, it's it's not how it works, unfortunately. So at the end of the day, you know, this Phillies team, they got to start living up to the potential that we all saw them to be. I mean, we can't continue to have, you know, days where we're questioning whether or not, you know, to this day, we still question whether or not Aaron Nola's an ace. Like, I, like I, I feel like at this point, we should already be past this conversation by now. I mean, Zach Wheeler started off slow. You know, we're, we're you know, the, the, the pitching rotation is still a little bit in flux and, and a little inconsistent. It's just inconsistency all throughout. I mean, hell. Trey Turner's not even looking like the three hundred million dollar guy that they that the Phillies signed him to be, and that's a little scary too. So yeah. it, it's just it's just a little concerning that you know, and I and I I hope this team isn't relying on luck like they did last year to sneak themselves into the playoffs because they can't always rely on that. Yeah, and, and uh, listen, um, baseball teams around the league always talk about they just need to get in. You just need to get in to, to the playoffs. And then that's when, that's when it starts to pick up. Um, and, and the Phillies got their break. They got into the playoffs and it wasn't all luck. Um, really it, the team rallied around each other, rallied under um, Thompson 
and they just played the best baseball of the season when it mattered the most. And I, you know, I, I don't mind that if that if that happens, but it's the right now that we're talking about. You need to get better so you can get into a better spot in the playoffs. So you don't have to be playing those wild card games where it's you know that's those three games, and you know if you lose two of those, you're out, you're done. Um, and uh, for the Phillies to be playing the slower pace that they are, that's when people start to say, you know, they did get lucky um, and they aren't the playoff team that we thought that they could be this year with um, adding Trey Turner, who has a 262 batting average right now. But then uh, we're talking about Castellanos, how inconsistent he is. He has a 304 batting average. Um, that's not the problem. The problem is guys like Kyle Schwarber. Um, I, I believe right now, or uh, you know, a few few games ago, he had a 175 batting average. Um, Kyle Schwarber and uh, listen, Bryce Harper coming off Tommy John surgery has already have a couple home runs. That's pretty impressive. Um, but you know, those guys are, are the the cast, um, the top build actors uh, to say uh, on this team that need to produce. And when one or two of them aren't producing, this team falls apart. I mean, you have you have Bohm, you have um, Real Muto, Marsh, um, guys that can step up. Uh, let, just looking, let me see if I can pull up. Uh, Schwarber has 10 home runs, but when he's not hitting home runs, he's striking out, swinging at balls in the dirt. That's like, it reminds me of the last few years of Ryan Howard over there. You know, he was great when he was on, but... Uh, when he wasn't, when it wasn't his day, I mean, it was really a bad day for him. It was ugly. Uh, but, but, T, you have Clemens um, stepping up for first base. I mean, uh, I think Hall, I, I think maybe he should be returning in a month. Yeah, I, I believe think. so. Um, but it, it just seems like the Phillies need, you have Harrison and, and guys like that. The Phillies need another guy who uses utility. Um, and and I, I just think that every season the Phillies have that guy that utility guy like uh, Bryson Stott, he's kind of just stepped up. He's now a starter. Um, and, and it seems like uh, rotation-wise, Phillies get that extra piece uh, that carries them to the playoffs. I think uh, they'll be in better shape than next season. Um, but it's it's the pitching, really, T. It really, it's always the pitching, of course, that needs to improve. And that's the, that's the pain in the ass part about the Phillies. I mean, how many years have we talked about? I mean, hell, since we really even started this podcast in the first place, from the, from the early days back at Monco, how many years have we, you know, how many times have we talked about how the pitching needs to improve? How, you know, it, it, and it seems like this team, the upper management, has just doubled down on getting bats. Yeah, sure. You know, when the bats work, you know, they're the greatest team probably ever assembled. The problem is, though, you got to stop the opposing team from scoring. That's the whole point. That's also, you know, an integral part of the game. And unfortunately, you know, we're still getting inconsistencies from the bullpen. We're still getting inconsistencies from the starting rotation. Like I said before, we, you know, Aaron Nola's on the last year of his contract. He had, you know, some contract negotiations that broke down and, there was, you know, a disconnect between what his team felt like, you know, he deserved versus what the Phillies were offering. And and for good reason. And it's times like this where, you know, Aaron Nola just doesn't look his best. I mean, it, it's it's a shame that, like I said before, we are still having this discussion about whether or not, you know, Aaron Nola's an ace. Like, it, it's beginning to, be, to become very annoying at this point. Yeah, and um, talk about like guys like Strom, who 
I, he's got a 281 ERA. Um, he's been all right, but like uh, Walker, 653, um, and other guys who um, it just aren't in. They're just not doing it, T. They're just not doing it. I don't know if it's because it is towards the beginning of the season-ish um, where it's everyone's trying to find their role. And, and things will pick up after the All-Star game. That's that's how it usually goes for baseball. This is kind of, you know, when you head towards summer, it's the dog days of summer. You know, it's things seem to be moving by very slow. But after that All-Star game, T, that's when teams start um, fitting into the playoff rosters and they they start showing what really uh what what damage they can potentially do in the playoffs but ranger suarez let's let's check his era real quick that's 675 uh suarez um zach wheeler 406 aaron nola um let's see 453 um, you typically want these guys to, you know, two, two forty-five. I'd be fine with. Um, but it's just the Phillies. They have a, a long season ahead of them. They have plenty of games. They got plenty of time to adjust. Once again, I, you know, that All-Star game. That's kind of you know where things start turning around. But uh, it's not giving me a good feeling for this team to be under 500. You know, they had to fight to get to 500. Everyone was happy for for a day or two. <clears throat> and, and then it's just the inconsistency of the Philly. See, maybe we don't even, maybe we shouldn't even be going there because every season, last season, we had this same kind of conversation, you know. And then they ended up making the playoffs. They made the World Series uh, against all odds to us. Um, and that was impressive. But is this just how the Phillies are going to be every season? I, I hope not. But also remember a couple of years ago when we were talking about the same doggone thing, and that year they just didn't make the playoffs. They were they were right there. They yeah. lost a, a hand few games that really cost them in the end. And that's the part that always consistently scares me the most about this team where – on paper, you know, they look like they're good enough where they look like they can be world beaters. But unfortunately, we don't get that same result out of this team. And that's the frustrating part. Honestly, when you go back and you talk about this team, we know the potential that they have. We know how good they can be. The issue is they just don't live up to maybe our high. Maybe our expectations are honestly too high, Tanner. Maybe maybe that's it. Um, I, I think it definitely did fool us a little bit with this World Series run that they had last season, and it, it just felt like it was possible. It was possible for them to win the World Series. Um, and then pitching, you know, that's that's kind of what ended up happening is our pitching just kind of gave up. And Kyle Schwarber was the guy. I mean, the Phillies would be down, and he'd just put the ball right over the fence, and he'd bring them back in. Yep. Um, and he really – you know, he, he was that slugger. He was that guy um, in the playoffs. And you, you notice the guys who stepped up, Bryce Harper, he he's for the city. He he stepped up when it mattered. Um, and then that's kind of where we switched and we transitioned into a different sport here, T. A guy who did not step up when it mattered, who was the MVP of the league, and that's Joel Embiid. Philadelphia 76ers lost to the Boston Celtics in game seven of round two of the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, it, 
it wasn't the finish that, of course, makes us, you know, kind of be excited to talk about the 76ers today. Uh, it, it's a worse feeling than last year, um, just because they had two games to do it, T. They had two games to do it, and they lose 112 to 88. 88, T. How much did our MVP have, do you ask? 15 uh, points. That other guy with the with the long beard, um, <laughs> he's he's a Hall of Famer in the league. He played for 40 minutes, T. 40 minutes. You know, that, maybe he got 20 points, maybe something like that uh, to complement the, uh, the start. No, nine points in 40 minutes, T. Nine points, 40 minutes. It's it's just it's you know what it's so 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 frustrating when mm-hmm. you know the expectations for this team are always consistently we, we just talked about it with the Phillies but this team had high expectations you know year in and year out you know we think that you know is this finally going to be the year that the 76ers get over that hump no. Break that glass it, of the second and t- It did not feel like that season. Let me let me be real. For me personally, it did not feel like that season for the Sixers. But the fact that they were in round two and they were making it competitive, they stole game one. They, they stole game one. They stole and game one. they they teased us. T- yes, they, they teased did. us. They they showed who they really were. Um, you know the way they played in that game two was the same way as they played in this game seven, T. That was that wasn't a hoax. That was that was how they usually how how they proved to be. Um and maybe you look at the the stats of Embiid and Harden. Oh, maybe it was a defensive game. Maybe it was a low scoring game because it was one twelve to eighty eight. No. Yeah, well, for the Sixers it was. But when you go to Tatum, fifty one points. Fifty one points for Jason Tatum in a game where it mattered. It mattered. He had to show out for that game. And um, Brown, 25 points. The Sixers came out and played this game like they had another game yep. to, to play. See, they played this game as if they were resting their starters for the next game. It's so funny that, you, that you're saying that because, you know, I, I just go back and remember game six where Tatum couldn't throw the ball into an ocean. And I'm sitting here going, and the Sixers had the lead in the fourth quarter. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, they're finally finally going to do it. They're finally going to break through the seal. And I'm saying to myself, if they don't beat this team here in game six, there's no way in hell you can. First off, there's no way in hell they're going to win game seven. Number two, there's no way in hell you're going to have another poor game like this out of Jason Tatum. It's just not going to happen. And what happened? Celtics forced a game seven. And Jason Tatum in that third quarter just goes completely out of his mind, puts the Celtics on his back, and doesn't look back. And the pitiful part about that entire Game 7 was the simple fact that the Sixers superstars quit. They quit. That's the frustrating part out of this entire thing. Joel Embiid quit. James Harden was a turnover machine. Couldn't hit a bucket, but kept thinking he was vintage uh, Houston Rockets James Harden. Tyrese Maxey couldn't really see the ball. Tobias Harris was actually having a decent game in game seven. Couldn't get the ball. P.J. Tucker out there hustling. 
Everybody was out there hustling. But the main two guys who need to step up, the main two guys who should have put the Sixers on their backs failed this team. And for me, that's just that's the most frustrating part about this about the end of this season. I mean, and for me, I've defended Joel Embiid on countless occasions. I've defended Embiid on WIP from people that say, oh, Embiid's no good. You ought to trade him. You can't build a team around a big man. I've defended Embiid year in and year out, time after time again. I can't defend him in this situation. He did not step up when the 76ers needed him the most. I can't defend a guy who won't put it all out there on the line. I understand that Embiid might have been hurt, but I'm sorry, dude. You, you're this, you're the franchise player of this team, and you just can't use injury in, injuries anymore as an excuse. You just can't, and that's another thing. Also, I know it's circumstance, and it's just who Joel Embiid is, but it just seems like he always gets hurt at the wrong damn time. The Sixers can't afford him to get hurt in the playoffs. And it's crazy that they didn't even play game one with him and they stole game one. Yeah. And you know what? James Harden said at the end of the game one, he made it all the players go back into the locker room. He said, it's just one game. It's just one game. He was right about that. He was right about that. Um, You know, did he know he was going to play so terribly in game seven? (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, he brought, you know... (laughs) It is frustrating, T, and I've never so quickly wanted to put a player's poster on my wall like Joel Embiid and then tear it down immediately right after that because he goes from, you know, top of the world, winning MVP, you're like, finally, as a Philadelphia fan, finally, Joel Embiid, he gets his roses. He finally, and then that. Does nothing with it. Doesn't even play like an MVP. Doesn't even look closely, remotely anything like the past MVPs. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a damn shame. It's sad. You did all that work just to become the MVP. And it just looked like you gave up. Was that really all you were chasing? Joel? I hope not. Didn't make conference final as an MVP. That's I really truly hope that's not the main thing that you were chasing after this year. Cause if it was, then I need to be on the boat with everybody else. Just saying that you need to be shipped out. Yeah, how about just him saying earlier in the season before the votings um, that, you know, the MVP doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of backtracked on that when he when he kind of thought, oh, maybe, you know, the writers are going to are going to say, OK, then we're not going to vote you in. And then he said how important it was to him and, and all that stuff. I it, You know, the MVP really did matter to him. It was on his mind of the whole time. And I thought after winning that. He would finally just look ahead to that, you know, to that finals, uh, to wanting to get there and wanting to get the more important trophy out of the two. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. And, and also I, everybody kept saying that this team was different. I was the only, I was one of only few people that came into the season. I was like, eh, it's the same team from last year. Same team from previous years. I, I don't see them going anywhere. It honest. was the same team. What? Just because they add Melton, now we're all like, "Oh, this is going to be a better team." Oh, we added PJ Tucker to the starting lineup. He didn't yeah. come. He didn't come alive until the playoffs. It's like you, you, you 
gave a, a 37 year old a three year contract. Like, come on now. Like, this is still the same team from, from previous years past. Like, unless unless Tyrese Maxey would have made a huge step, which he, he took a step up, but it wasn't a huge yeah. step that was necessary, you know, in order for them to get past the second round. But it, it's just now, now we're sitting here. It's the off season. They already, you know, fired Doc Rivers. So, yes, yeah, so, and we'll get into that. So now, you let's know, get into it right now, too. So now, where does the team go from here? You know, you, so I knew somebody, somebody was going to catch the heat. Somebody Definitely. was, somebody was going to be, somebody was going to fall by the sword, and it had to be Doc Rivers. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Doc Rivers. There's plenty of, you know, former players that's played under him that's, you know, said that he's not, he's not really a good coach, especially in game, you know, crunch time game situations. We've we've seen plenty of examples of that. You know, here, here at um, with his tenure as the Sixers, it's it's. I'm not saying it's his fault. Partly, it's partly his fault, but it's not all his fault. I wouldn't put the majority of the blame this season on him. It was honestly the superstars that really failed this team. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I feel. So when we think about Doc Rivers, and when I go back into why uh, people did not like Doc Rivers as a coach, that was his game planning. Um, and it did seem to get much, it, it did seem to get better in the playoffs. I mean, they just flew past the nets, swept them, and they had all this time to prepare and wait for their next opponent, which was the Celtics. And we knew it was going to be a challenging matchup, but, um, with how they came out in game one, they, they put the, they put the game around James Harden and he did his thing. But that was you knew that wasn't going to be every game. So then they made Maxi, uh, Doc Rivers made Maxi the ball handler, able to get Harden to do his thing off the ball, um, and, and Maxi kind of to um, you know Maxi's fast paced player. Um, and then it, when Joel Embiid was back in that second game, you know, it first of all should they have brought him back? in that second game. I don't know. I mean, it did give him time to sort of adjust to, to NBA games again. Um, but I just think that this was, you know, this, this wasn't Doc Rivers fault. It was Doc Rivers. Isn't putting on the sneakers. He's not, uh, wearing the Jersey. He's, he's not out there actually playing. These, these are grown men that ultimately will make their own decision at this point. I mean, James Harden is a hall of famer. He's going to do what he wants to do at the end of the day, honestly. And if he didn't, what these reports are saying, if he didn't respect Doc Rivers as much, um, you know, maybe that was one of the reasons why the Sixers uh, didn't get out of this round too. But it, it, it falls on James Harden and Joel Embiid, not Doc Rivers. Yep, at, at the end of the day. I, I totally 1,000% agree with you. And, you know, even if he didn't, if he didn't respect Doc Rivers, then, you know, we have a serious issue on our hands because now the question becomes, okay, are we starting to listen to James Harden or are we, or are we going to be continuing to listen to Joel Embiid? Because if, if we're stuck between, you know, the two superstars and who we should listen to, we should probably listen to Joel Embiid a little bit more and only because of his youth. James Harden is past his prime. James Harden isn't the same Houston Rockets James Harden that was hitting those step back threes and whatnot, and you know driving to the hoop. He it, when he does drive yeah. to the hoop, now that shot gets blocked. He isn't the same James Harden anymore. You can't you can't build a team around James Harden anymore. 
James Harden really is is just another. He's not. He's another piece for a team. He's not yeah. the guy. T, T. The Sixers can't get it straight because we look back to James Butler era with the Sixers that 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 could have changed the whole future of this organization. Um, but instead, the Sixers decided to listen to the coach and a player who would ultimately be out in the next few years in Ben Simmons, um, where it was Jimmy Butler basically against um, the former coach of the 76ers. And they decided to go with the coach instead of a, a star that was best friends with their other star, Joel Embiid. Instead of focusing on the players on the court who play the game, uh, and a coach who's like, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Brett Brown. Yeah, there you go. Instead of um, going with the players after years of of Brett Brown, you know he went through the process. They hadn't really gotten to the great. You know, you look at the Kawhi shot. Okay, that was Brett Brown. Um, but after all those years, you still go with a coach who hasn't really gotten to the next step uh, rather than going with the star who you know definitely can make your team go farther. I mean, he's a dog. Jimmy Butler is a dog, and he's now have the chance to take his team back to the finals. You know what? With the Miami Heat. You know what, Tanner? Um, as soon as I pull it up, I'll, I'll, I'll take it even a step further than that because and I, I hear you. I hear I, – I, I hear the reason, you know, how far you're willing to go back. I'll go back even farther than that, to be honest with you. I blame, honestly, all of this. All of this, honestly, stems from the upper management not doing their job and not drafting the correct players that were supposed to be drafted in years past. And unfortunately, now it has come back and it has bit the Sixers in the ass. And it's it's really a shame. And you know what? I'm going to go back starting from 2015 when the Great. Sixers were still <laughs> in the midst of the process. We're going to go through <laughs> we're going to go through the players that got drafted Ahead. Well, so Joel Embiid gets drafted in 2014. You're going, right. what happens after? You're right. I'm going, what happens after in 2015? So in 2015, the Eagles, I mean, I'm sorry, the, not the Eagles, the Sixers, they should have, they had the chance to draft Devin Booker. But instead, they drafted Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor was only in the league for a couple of years. He had a little bit of offensive game and his defensive game stunk. All right. He sucked. Let's be honest here. All right. 2016. Oh, look who they did. Look who they drafted first overall. They had the first overall pick, which means they had the pick of the litter. They picked Ben freaking Simmons who couldn't and refused to shoot a damn jump shot. Who did the Boston Celtics pick third overall? Oh, the guy that scored 25 points on their ass. Jalen Brown. 2017. Ah, this is painful. This is uh, 
Oh, I know it's painful. Oh, 2017, they picked Markel Fultz first overall. They had two straight years of first overall picks, and they got them both wrong. Markel Fultz was drafted number one overall. Boston Celtics drafted number three again. Who did they pick? The guy that scored 51 damn points. Jason freaking Tatum. And I I pounded the table that year for Jason Tatum. Colangelo, he traded for that pick uh, that would become, you know, Jason Tatum and, you know, the the right to draft Markel Fultz instead. So uh, that's uh, – I mean, oh. this this kind of is like the Eagles talk oh, I'm with not, us a little bit, T. Oh, I'm not finished, Tanner. But, I got one more for yeah. you just to make it a little bit more painful and to twist that knife in just a little bit more. 2018, they actually got it right. They drafted Mikel Bridges. What they they did, though, they traded him for Jalen Suggs, who doesn't even play. I don't even know who that is. Doesn't even play. They drafted, they have drafted horribly over the years, and it has come back to finally bite them in the ass when they're getting beat by the same damn draft picks. That they had a chance to draft. They, the Sixers swore up and down that they were building the damn core. And what they've been doing, they've just been, oh, they've just been reverting the damn process. That's what they've been doing, honestly. Yeah, they, you know, when they trade, when they drafted uh, Bridges, they, they traded um, to instead get um, Smith instead, I believe. That was, yeah, I got his name. Kind of. Kind kind of what happened with that, but I I do remember some folks at Villanova being really excited, um, and then oh, just like that, <laughs> just like that, he's he's not coming home. He's not coming to his you know his city anymore. He's, he's going to bullshit. Phoenix, you know, warmer conditions. But uh, you really thought that the Sixers had it figured out at that point. But then um, you know, obviously, you can't predict how these guys are actually going to turn out in the NBA, but it just seems it never goes in the direction of the Sixers after Joel Embiid. And would you say Ben Simmons was a um, stupid, how would you describe the Ben Simmons pick? Would you say a a disappointment in the draft or just, he just became a disappointment. It was a, it was a, he was a disappointment even before. It's always a disappointment in the draft pick ultimately because he came out, he came out, of LSU with question marks. As a matter of fact, one scout, I remember one scout vividly saying, look, he's got, this guy's got all the talent in the world. He can easily become the greatest NBA player to ever live, to ever live. That's what a lot of scouts said. But then there were a few scouts that actually picked up and said, hey, look, look, he's a selfish player. He's all about him. If he doesn't have the right camp around him, like he's not going to develop his talent. He listens to the people around him that tells him how great he is. And the unfortunate mm-hmm. part about it is the Sixers upper management at the time got caught up in the hype of they thought they were getting a once in a generational player. I remember the headlines. Everybody thought that Ben Simmons was a once in a generational talent. He did have the once in he had the potential to have the once in a generational talent. Had he yeah. decided to apply himself and work on that talent. But he settled on for what he did best and what made him who he was. Instead of 
developing that talent, instead of developing that jump shot, instead of being a whole lot more consistent at the free throw line. Of all things to be bad at, free throws ought to be one of the last things you need to be bad at. It's or if you're free- bad at them, I mean, the rest of your game got to be yes. It's a top. Free- yes, I agree. And you ain't you didn't and he didn't play like, like Shaq. He didn't play like Shaq though. He did not play like Shaq for his free throw percentage to be as bad as it was. I mean, hell, it's an uncontested shot. Take 500 of those some bitches when you're in the gym every day <laughs> until you get better. No, he's too busy taking pictures of his car, uh, taking his girlfriends out to tennis matches. Um, he's He was too busy, too involved in his image, his public image. Um, that, that's what Ben, that's to me, that's what ultimately took down Ben Simmons. He just didn't want to play basketball anymore. T. I mean, whatever he's on the nets and he's taking pictures of his TV with his legs wrapped in a blanket of the Sixers getting blown out, whatever. Did he forget that the Sixers swept his team in the round previous? Well, why is he even talking? He's not even playing basketball as a starter anymore. Forget that. That's just. Forget just being playing basketball as a starter. He's not playing basketball, period. They yeah. traded the, the Nets traded away every single last one of their superstars. And Ben Simmons couldn't even sniff the court. It wasn't because of injury. It was just because he was that bad. Oh, it's mental. It's it's something with his back. It's something every every few you know times that this injury report comes out with Ben Simmons, but to we're talking about uh, a Bleacher report um, from yesterday, uh, a reporting with Harden. He's planning on declining that $35.6 million option to become a free agent, and he wants to secure a long-term uh, deal somewhere else. Do you think he's returning to the Rockets? you think he's going to – Embiid's going to convince him to stay uh, in his – press conference or an interview shortly after that game seven ended he said no it's just their first year together Joel Embiid and James Harden's just their first year playing that and they and they got to where they are now do you think he's gonna return I mean he wants he's quoted as he wants the basketball freedom to be himself that ultimately sounds based off of that quote that you just last said that to me sounds like he wants to be the man, and he's not going to be the man in Philadelphia. He's too old. It's just not going to happen. Too old to be the man anymore. I also don't find it a coincidence that he's declined his um, player option. And there was rumors um, during the course of the season that stated that James Harden was going to return back to Houston. I don't find that a coincidence. I truly don't. So, if he goes, good. Because, to be honest with you, I think James Harden was holding this team back in, in a couple of ways. He was holding back Maxie's development because Maxi is a player that needs the ball in his hands. Maxie is a guy that can push the tempo of the team and can really drive by guys and get easy shots in the, in the paint. But he can't get those shots in if James Harden is hogging the ball. Max, you can run the offense through Maxi, honestly. Um, I don't think that. I don't think though you can just get away with 
having a team of Maxi Embiid and Tobias Harris. I do think you're going to need somebody else up in here. You're going to need to trade for somebody. I don't know who that somebody is. A lot of people are clamoring for Damian Lillard, though. He's on record as saying yeah, okay. he's not leaving Portland. So I don't know how the hell you're going to convince him well, to trade it. For Damian Lillard, he didn't want to be a part of the rebuild in Portland. That's that's his thing. And if and it looks like they might start that rebuild. That they got a pretty high draft pick, I believe. Mm. Um, if I can check, I, I believe it's top five. Um, but yeah, that that was his thing. He didn't want to be a part of rebuild of their rebuild process because you know he stuck with that team, right? And he received the number three overall selection this year. And you know, th- does that say that the, the rebuild is to come? I think so. Yeah, I think so as well. So maybe you know, maybe they can somehow or some way snag a Damian Lillard. I, I, don't I just how. don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I don't I don't see them necessarily having the pieces necessary to acquire a Damian Lillard. I I, I don't see it. I mean, you what do you want to do? Give them draft picks maybe, but I don't I, I just don't see it. I really yeah. don't. Listen, if I'm James Harden right now, I'm staying with the Philadelphia 76ers because at, at this point in my career, I just I just need a ring, really. Uh, to you're a Hall of Famer, um, and you, you just want that ring, and that solidifies your career. Uh, I mean, his career is already going to be solidified in, in terms of you know greatness that the stats he put up. But that ring, T, when we talk about great players who haven't had a ring, you know, we're always saying, but he didn't get the ring. Yeah. Stuff like that. James Harden stays with the 76ers. He's got Joel Embiid. He's got Tyrese Maxey. You get rid of P.J. Tucker somehow, some way. Uh, you even probably get rid of, uh, although he did step up, Tobias Harris. Because if you replace those two with just one other star, like a Damian Lillard, and you already have Tyrese Maxey, you got uh, he got Niang. Okay, fine, whatever. That's a YMCA kind of guy to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, he does great. Um on the arc so you know he he does have those clutch shots but um it, it's kind of building up the bench after there and if you if you're james harden you want to take money that makes the team able to make those decisions even joel Embiid at this point I, I think they should be they should be thinking of the team as a whole joel Embiid, you already won mvp what's next a finals a finals at least a finals appearance for pete's sake i mean this is uh, to me, see, I think they should be thinking about the team more, and, and it's unfortunately not what probably will happen. But if you bring in that third star and you develop Tyrese Maxey, I mean, this team has made it to the round two, forced the game seven. Well, they didn't force the game seven. They should have got it done in game six. The Celtics forced game seven. Um, and they were just they were just a defensive piece away to a defensive piece and a star player because you have Joel Embiid 15 points, James Harden 9 points when it mattered. He bring in that star. He can produce both on offense and defense. You know, I'm not really that familiar with Damian Lillard's defensive game, but I'm pretty sure he can do a little bit better job of, let's say, James Harden. Oh, yeah. God, yes. God, yes. I wouldn't say Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons was a good defensive player. No, I'll give him But that. then again, on the other side of the ball, if you have Ben Simmons in there when James Harden's putting up nine and Joel's putting up 15, then you're in the same position. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's it, my thing is like, 
My whole thing is how in the world are they going to get uh, another superstar talent to come here and with what assets? I mean, who, who are you going to trade away? You know, Tobias Harris? It's not too many teams that's going to be stupid enough yeah. and willing enough to take on that contract. And they know the type of production that Tobias Harris is going to put up. I mean, let's be honest here. Tobias Harris isn't a guy that intimidates guys days in, day in and day out. Yeah, I'm surprised he still has been on this team for, you know, I, I didn't think he was going to be on the team for that long. No. But he's made Philadelphia his home, and I don't, you know, he, he did step up in the playoffs. Yes, he did. He did. He had a great series against the Nets, and he finally did step up against the Celtics. He did a pretty good job with Tatum um, a couple games. He did. Yeah. It's just uh, – it's it's really puzzling where we see the Sixers T. But let's transition to our Philadelphia Eagles. All right? Uh, the team that really puts a smile on your face still, even though they did lose the Super Bowl. When we think about the Philadelphia Eagles after it's been a while since watching them, I mean, it, it just brings so much excitement to you because, I mean, you can see I got Eagles decorations all over <laughs> my room. Um, anybody that anybody that saw um, the the going home pictures of my daughter, she um, she came home in an Eagles outfit that said Eagles fan like daddy. So, yes, I agree with that's you. That's great. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's the Eagles above all these other teams. For me and you, I believe. I think Max, maybe Phillies, yeah. Phillies guy over the Eagles, but it's it's Eagles for me. And let's uh, let's discuss their draft a little bit. We don't want to talk too much about it since it was so long ago at this point. But um, just talking about the names and, and the youth that we've brought into this Eagles team, um, it's what, over maybe two and a half weeks or so, three weeks since the draft. Um, you know, many gave the Eagles an A-plus in this draft. Uh, a lot of um, broadcasters, some scouts, stuff like that, they've looked at the Eagles draft and they've given them an A-plus on, on different platforms. Uh, yeah, let's review the rookies and the, the acquisitions uh, that this team has made. Round one pick nine they traded up with the bears um you knew maybe there would be a trade up but it's just uh one pick above from where they would have been and that's drafting defensive tackle jalen carter now the the running um bijan off the board yeah um i didn't think the eagles should really go running back um given that the you know it's it's a run by committee over here in Philadelphia, um, they they get Penny, they got Boston Scott, um, they got they got Gainwell, they got those guys. I didn't think drafting another young running back would be the move, so they get Carter. Controversial, uh, sort of how that's been handled with uh, not how it's been handled, but what what's happened uh, with him. Yeah. Uh, with what he's in, been involved in. But you have those older veterans in the locker room. You hope the Eagles can really, you know, set them straight. And um, and from here on out, the 30th pick in the draft, they steal Nolan Smith. They steal Georgia guy, Jalen Carter, Georgia guy, reunite those teammates that have been championship caliber, you know, players for. I want winners. Georgia. Yeah, and they certainly did bring winners in. That wasn't a problem. Uh, round two, 65th from Houston, Tyler Steen. 
Uh, to uh, see a, a little bit of a smirk from you, we'll get back into uh, Steen as a player. Uh, round three, 66. Um, Sydney Brown. Sydney Brown, and that was that was be- from the cards, the the tampering uh, case that they had. They got that that trade pick for better, 66th, um, 105th overall. Ringo, cornerback. They got their cornerback. I, I wanted them to get a cornerback. I also... I'm glad they got that linebacker in the first round. This guy, who has probably the best name in the draft, 188th overall, Tanner McKee from Stanford. <laughs> now, I understand you're just adding quarterback depth at this point. I'm not offended at all with, um, you know, oh, Jalen Hurts, blah, blah, blah. I, okay, this guy, come on. He's not going to be a starter. No, not at all. Let's, let's be honest here. We're just, we're just complaining just to complain. Round seven from the Lions. Uh, Ojomo from Texas, defensive tackle. Three of these guys are from Georgia. Steen uh, was from Bama, Brown from Illinois, and um, you have, you know, Ojomo, Texas, McKee, Stanford. But they got Smith, Carter from Georgia. And oh, yeah, they added a running back, not in terms of drafting, but in terms of trading. From the Lions, DeAndre Swift, who comes back home, um, and he joins the Philadelphia Eagles. It was rumors talked about when the Lions made that head-scratching draft pick. Like, hold on, wait, what about DeAndre Swift? Only, uh, what's, three-year running back. What's up with him? But then they, they traded DeAndre Swift away, and they gave him to the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe Swift went to... Was it St. Joe's yep, high school? Joe's. Yep. Um, he ran track with my buddy and T. I know you might be familiar with him mm-hmm. as well. But 521 yards, eight touchdowns in 2020. 617 yards, five touchdowns in 2021. 542 yards, five touchdowns in 2022. Now, you know, not the most amazing stats, but in those three seasons, 1,198 receiving yards, seven touchdowns through the air. So, you know, you got a player in DeAndre Swift. Um, what's to lose, you know, with the with what they gave for DeAndre Swift? To, what do you think about all this? Uh, first of all, let's uh, you can talk about the draft, and then we can get back into DeAndre Swift. So I'm going to get into a little bit in the draft. I mean, it's hard not to give yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles an A-plus. I mean, they... I mean, to draft Jalen Carter at number nine overall, I mean, there was rumors that, you know, even with the incident that happened down there in Georgia that, you know, this guy was supposed to be drafted. He wasn't going to get out of the top five. Like most mock drafts did not have him sliding out of the top five. So the fact that Howie Roseman got him at nine is definitely, you know, it's a huge accomplishment. You know, he's going to come in. He's basically going to learn from Fletcher Cox, and eventually he's going to replace Fletcher Cox on that defensive line, which is something that, you know, we've we've been talking about for years because, you know, Fletcher Cox isn't the same Fletcher Cox as we once knew before. And Jalen Carter can basically, you know, when Fletcher Cox's time is done, he can just slide in and just take his spot. And, you know, the, <laughs> Tyler Green, Tyler Green is just a mauler. I mean, you're, you, this guy's 6'6", 330-plus pounds. The, the guy's just an outright animal. Now he he played tackle, but they're gonna like, but because of his arms, they're projecting him to play guard. So he's basically gonna be he's gonna. I know they're saying that he's gonna compete 
for the right guard spot. I'm probably going to slate him as the right guard. I don't see a scenario where they want Cam Jerkings playing right guard because they want him to prepare to take over for Kelsey when Kelsey's time is done. Um, Ringo is a future corner in the making. Here's the crazy part with the corners. So it, it, it's crazy when you think about it. They picked up Greedy Williams in free agency, and he's only he was his former second-round pick from the Browns, and he's only about 22, 23 years old. And both Bradbury and Slay had, are under two-year contracts, technically one-year contracts, but full two-year contracts. The crazy part is by the time those guys, those contracts are up, Greedy Williams is going to be 25 years old. And Ringo's going to be 23 years old. You're going to have two young, tall corners, you know, slated and ready to play the outside. Howie Roseman set that up perfectly, you know, for the future. Now, let's get to the trade. The minute. So, okay, I'll admit I was one of the people that wanted to be John Robinson. I'll 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 admit because I just thought it would be really cool that instead of a running back going to a bad team. He would go, yeah. John Robinson would go to a team that's already stacked on offense, and he would just make an already great offense, like just absolutely dominant. Like, let's, yeah. Just- and I did, I did also think on draft night watching the draft, mm-hmm. uh, the red carpet and stuff, his mom came out wearing Eagles colors. I mean, come on, right? You like, thought maybe it was going to happen, right? You honestly, like, it's hard not to think about, you know, that's not happening. But, you know, it didn't happen. They, the Falcons draft him. They, as I just talked about bad teams drafting running backs. So that didn't happen. But I knew. But So in the back of my mind, my focus went to Jameer Gibbs. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a home run hitter. The Lions picked Jameer Gibbs. I think it was 12th overall. And I'm just sitting here going, that's a dumbass pick. That's that was literally my initial train of thought. I'm like, the Lions need so much other pressing needs, but you spend your first round pick on a running back that you probably could have drafted. You could have traded down for probably could have traded up in the second round to get. But you draft him number 12 overall like that's just dumb. And then I immediately thought about it. I'm like, why would you draft Jameer Gibbs if you still have DeAndre Swift? And I'm like, the first my thought yeah. my first thought process was oh, okay so y'all going to trade DeAndre. I it, there was there there was no rumor that needed to come out. Like I automatically knew. I'm like, yeah, DeAndre's going to get traded. I don't know to who, but DeAndre's going to be traded. And I'm sitting here myself. It'd be real crazy if DeAndre yeah. came home. It'd be real crazy if DeAndre uh, Tanner, I'm going to tell you exactly how it went down. I was it, it was Saturday. It was day 3 of the, of the draft and I was uh, I was working for WIP. I was on site at Parks Casino with uh, Goldberg Pod, James Elliott. Uh, I mean, um, James Seltzer, Elliott Shore Parks. So I'm the I'm the engineer guy, but I also keep Twitter open just in case you know any Eagles news breaks. I immediate the news immediately came across my feed from um, Ian Rappaport, and I'm looking because you know they took away the check marks on Twitter, so now you got to confirm stuff. Yeah. So I'm making sure that this is Ian Rappaport's like real Twitter account. I'm like, no way this is true. No way this is true. Sure enough, he came home. I, I got the news immediately. And I'm 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 tapping James. I'm wearing James Seltzer's arm out. I'm like, dude, you gotta see this. You gotta say something right now. Say something right now. Right now, before anybody else says something. 
it was it was a really cool moment. I'm I'm really glad that the kids coming home. Um, little known fact. Um, me and DeAndre are we did grow up childhood friends. Um, we grew up on the same block. So, I um I've I've watched him grow into the young man that he is. Um, the the Eagles are definitely getting an awesome young man. They're getting a hardworking young man. And Tanner, you mentioned his stats. His stats are like that yeah. because they've pretty much always kept a running back in front of him. Like I know in previous years, they've, um, they favored Jamal Williams more than they did him. I do remember him though, killing the Eagles that week one for over 140 yards just by himself on the ground. So the kid's a home run hitter. The kid just never had an opportunity to be the main feature back. Well here he has that, he has that chance. And I think you're going to, you're getting a dog. Not just a Georgia, yeah. not just a Georgia, and you're ball. not listen, and you're not losing much either. Let's you're get not. into it. T. The Lions traded Swift in the seventh round to the Birds for the 2023 seventh round uh, and a 25th, I believe, or and a fifth, I, I think, fifth round. Um, but Sanders, you know, when we're talking about players who we've lost, and Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. he got four years, twenty five million dollars from the Panthers. Penny and Swift will both be getting combined less than $3 million yep. and save $10 million. The, the birds will save $10 million for not resigning Sanders. Um, You're not even counting Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott's contract in that either, which is crazy. Right. And, and will it pay off? We don't know yet, but you know, either way it should be, I won't, I won't say worth it because obviously the worth it would be for these guys to be very successful, but uh, the damage it, it'll be very low with a uh, rate of damage. Very, and it's yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, you can't. It's hard not to be excited. I mean, Howie Roseman did his thing, and all Howie does it again. Howie does it again, and, and ultimately, I know you know safety is still a main concern on the team. I mean, we talked about safety being a main concern last year, and he went out and traded for C.J. Gardner Johnson during the preseason. So, you know, whatever happens, I definitely have faith in Howie Roseman. I, I just do. And um, a real quick side note, I did listen to Deshaun Desai's uh, press conference, the new Eagles defensive coordinator. Um, That's right. I, I was listening to his press conference, and I literally wanted to call my mom up and say, Mom, from a Pats, the, the Eagles just recruited me to play. I, he, it was that inspirational. <laughs> I was ready to go. I said, Dad, Mom, if I'm a Pats, if I'm a, if I'm a cleats. I'm I'm getting recruited. Let's go. Some go. some Vince Papali action go going on, on in T's head. Oh right. I was ready to go. <laughs> That's amazing. Um all right, T, let's get into the schedule. All right. The schedule dropped. We had let it gave it some time. It's weird because, you know, a few seasons ago mm-hmm. when we were doing this record um or the the schedule prediction, and which we won't be doing tonight. We'll just be doing what we think uh kind of what the record will be, but the more in-depth record prediction will be later when the season is about to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few years ago, Tay, I said, you know, when we we're talking about the schedule, let's, you know, we had time to let this schedule marinate. The Eagles come out with a post this season saying, let's let it marinate. Uh, you know, I'm just saying it, it, um, they're getting ideas from us. But right, a few years ago, so, Tay, I said, um, you know, and, when we're ta- and let's, when we dive into it, they start the season off in New England at 425 um, Sunday, September 10th, first game of the season. That'll be the Tom Brady dedicated game for New England at their home opener 
Um, what do we think? To you? We, we think that's going to be a uh, – without getting too in-depth in it, what do you think, win or loss? Uh, I think that's a win, even though, you know, supposedly a lot of people have been like, oh, that's the Tom Brady game. Tom Brady's going to be coming back. And I'm just like – yeah, but the the, the yeah. Patriots aren't that good. So like, what that doesn't inspire me either. Like, there would be they're gonna, a bunch of players that didn't play for Tom Brady are going to all of a sudden rise up for Tom Brady. I don't think so. That's a dub. Yeah, listen, and I I do want to say, that I did want to think that the Eagles, just in, in terms of projecting how this season is going to end out, that they would lose a game like this, and have people say, see. Last season was a fluke. They lost the Super Bowl. Now they're never going to get back. But uh, Patriots just aren't that great of a team. They have question marks on Mac Jones as well. Uh, you know, they, they, were, they were trying to uh, maybe feel out the market for him um, a month ago or, or so. But then their next game is a night game. It's at home, uh, primetime game. It'll be on prime video. Uh, against the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings. I think that the Eagles, looking ahead to that next game against the Buccaneers, I think one of these two games are going to be a loss. And I think the, I think uh, just in Eagles fashion, they can't go 3-0 and, and have people talking about an undefeated season again. So I think they're going to go lose. They're going to spoil their own home opener, too. Mm. And they're going to bounce back, and they're going to beat the Buccaneers, and they're going to beat the um, Washington football team and the Los Angeles Rams, and then they're going to lose to the Jets. So I think they're going to be, what is that, um, three and two uh, by the time that they they see Miami. And then they're going to they're gonna beat Miami. It's going to be a Tua and Jalen Hurts rematch. Um, they're going to be four and two. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna beat Washington again. I think they're going to sweep Washington and they're going to lose to the Cowboys. Um, and their record by the bye week should be, what am I saying here? Um, they should lose. They would have lost three games by then. Uh, maybe they would be five and three, I think, by then. What are you thinking, T? I'm thinking, uh, okay, so... I'm thinking a little bit more positive because I understand that you say you, you don't see them going three and oh, and then talking about undefeated season again. I think, the, I think it's the complete opposite. All right. But you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings coming to Philadelphia on Thursday night. You're talking about Kirk Cousins on prime time. Those are two things that just don't work out for Kirk Cousins. That's a dub. Um, Tampa Bay Bucks, Monday night football. The Bucks aren't the same team like they used to be. Um, their quarterback is Baker Mayfield currently. Think about that for a minute. Baker Mayfield. The defense rest. Yeah. Anyway, so well, we're, now we're talking about, you know, going the Washington Washington Commanders coming to Philadelphia. Um they don't even have a quarterback. Who who's their quarterback? That's that's who? Certainly not Carson Wentz. All right, exactly. That uh, anybody they find is better than Carson Wentz. The Rams, it may be iffy. It depends on whether or not Matthew Stafford is playing or not. It depends on where the Rams are at. The Rams are kind of sort of a team in decline. I, I still think they're a little bit of a threat in the NFC, especially when they're, you know, the game's in Los Angeles. So, in SoFi Stadium. So, you know, eh, yeah, I, okay. That may be a loss. 
New York Jets, that's going to be a toss-up with now with Aaron Rodgers. That's turned out to be a great team this yes. season. I'm excited to be watching them. Yes. are there, are there Is Aaron Rodgers going to find a resurgence, you know, with the New York Jets? You know, is he is he finally going to look like the MVP that he looked like a couple years ago? He doesn't have to, though. I don't think he has to. Uh, the weapons he has. That's true. This is very true as well. Then we're talking about the Miami Dolphins coming to Philadelphia now. This is a Miami team that's without. And remember, um, Tyreek Hill retired. So that speed threat on the outside. Now they only have one weapon in Jason Waddle. And that's that's a that's a bit of a damper. Also, you know, Tua Tua Tug Viola. You know, he, he's still he's not you know not necessarily in the greatest of health. So you know that's a game to kind of keep an eye on and watch. And then. We're going to Washington, which, you know, I, I have no respect for the commanders whatsoever. And then the bye comes. Now we're talking about Dallas. And I always say they're going to split with Dallas. See, here's here's where the hard part of the schedule comes in. I always feel like the Eagles going every year is going to split with Dallas. Every year. Kansas, all right, so I, I so at least I'll, I'll count that as a loss, the first Dallas loss. Eagles so, at Kansas well, City. Last year, last year they won the first game. They did, and that, they lose. Also, I just want to say Tyreek Hill did not retire. Oh, he did not. He retire. said he planned on retiring when his contract is up. I think that's this for the after this year for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think his yeah. contract is up um, after this year. Yeah. So, and also, I apparently can't count because I'm six and three with my right here by the bye week. That should be six and three. All right. I, I I'm I got I at least got. Two losses so well, yeah, two losses so far counting the Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo Bills at Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be a difficult game. Wait, so do you have them losing at the Chiefs? Yes. Yes. That's a definite okay. that's a definite right. loss. Playing in Arrowhead, uh, uh, I yeah, yeah, this is still Patrick freaking Mahomes. Okay. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to It's a tough schedule to. It's a, the that's one second, you're talking about the Chiefs, half. the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys. That second half I mean, of the schedule on. is just brutal. It it truly is. Buffalo Bills, yeah, that's a toss up, but you can honestly say that's an L. You wouldn't necessarily be mad at. Now, San Francisco, damn it, I want that a win. But damn it, I want San Francisco needs to be a dub. Yeah. I'm so sick and tired of San Francisco fans, the players, even Kyle Shanahan's getting in on a freaking crying. I'm so sick and tired of those fans. Hargrave. Some of the some of the most baby shit fans I've ever come across in my life. I, I kid yeah. you not. Who oh, I had to get that off my chest. All right, now they oh, yeah. Eagles going to Dallas. You know, I always said they split with the Cowboys. Eagles at Seattle. Good lord. Even though I have a little bit of respect, but not as much respect for Geno Smith, that Seahawks team is still difficult to play. Even, even on the West Coast, I might have to count that as an L. I, I just might have to count that as an L. So that's like that's four L's I got so far. In Seattle, yeah, that's in Seattle. Man, let's that's see. Tough. I think that the Eagles do beat the the Chiefs in really? at Arrowhead. I do. I think that they they're just so motivated. Jalen Hurts especially will be so motivated too. To show out that that game's going to be on ESPN, ABC. Um, it's the prime time. I think they beat the Bills too, T. I really, really, I think that the Eagles. I think this year will be different, T. I, I think that the Eagles have the talent to not just 
you know, oh, of course they're going to lose to, you know, these, these good teams because, you know, they're bad. The Eagles are one of the better teams in the NFL now, T. This is true. We got to start thinking that way. I agree. I with think you. they'll make this game competitive with the Chiefs, and I think they'll, they'll win. And I, okay, maybe they lose. I backtrack maybe a little bit. I think that they'll go seven and three uh, after a win against the Chiefs. Seven and four, they'll lose to the Bills. I, I changed my mind. And then this this San Francisco game, I mean, they have to win it, right? Yeah, they gave yeah, they got to win that. Eight and four. Um, they they let's see, they win nine four against the Cowboys. They beat the crap out of the Seahawks. Wow. Um. 10 and 4 in right? Seattle. Um yes, yeah, I don't I don't care what they they call their fans and <laughs> stuff like that. Too. Um 10 and 4, they beat the Giants. Why is it always the Giants at the end of the season like two games? Cuz the Giants they, they save anything. the Giants for the end. Yeah, the Giants don't mean anything in the division. I'm not scared of the Giants. I think 11 and 4, the Eagles um, now, once again, math is not my strong suit, so I don't know if this is accurate at all. Mm. And I think they do beat the Cardinals, twelve yeah. and four, oh, and they man. lose this Giants game because they just aren't playing anyone. Twelve and five is that? Am I just making up a game? Did I skip over? I don't know. Who knows? No, you're good. You're good. That's inaccurate because that's where I got him at. I got him at twelve and five to end the season. You know, of course, you know, winning the division and you know just dominating the playoffs like they did last year. I'm just saying. You know, ain't getting the number. Um, so that's where we're standing. We're kind of in the same boat with that, but it's, you know, what teams, that's kind of the difference for us. But later on, uh, when it gets closer to September, we'll get into that in depth and I'm, I'm sure there'll be changes to teams, um, new players added, but T let's start our, uh, end the show off with a segment that I like to call get it off our chest. Oh shit. Get it off our chest. And I know you got something to say and it'll be longer than what I have to say. All right. But I mine's about the Phillies and yours we know what yours is about. You talked about wanting to bring it up before the show. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to get into and it's a player off. who has my respect as a Philadelphia athlete. All right. Um he plays baseball in the city of Philadelphia and this is Bryce Harper, okay? few days ago he decided to get in an argument okay get in an argument with the colorado rockies oh i actually like after that. you know this guy is just getting off tommy johns right so you got to protect the elbow in this argument he's waving his arm they're they're holding him back that wasn't my problem getting in the fight whatever that's you know he's trying to make baseball a little bit more interesting right. my thing is calling the Colorado Rockies, a loser organization, is what the lip readers were were saying. He said, and then losing to that loser organization, Tay. You're calling a team though. a loser organization, and then you lose against the the loser organization. But Tanner, they won the series, though. That's the thing. They lost the game, Tay. They lost that game. I don't care if they won the series. They lost that game where he called the, the team a loser organization. You lose to the losers, T. You can't do that. Come on, man. I had to get that off my I chest. I am pissed off. All right, I get it. I, I get it. All right, I, I guess it's my turn. And this is something that's been really pissing me off as of lately. I, I hate when athletes squander the opportunity to not only set their set themselves up, but set their families up for a multi-generational talent for years to come. I hate when athletes squander their talent 
on dumb shit. And I'm going to say it exactly like that because it's, it's dumb. John Morant, point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, already got in trouble early in the year once for going to a strip club. I don't care what y'all do on your free time. That's just on you. I don't care. Flashed his gun on camera proudly and got suspended, I believe, for a game. And even went on ESPN. He was suspended longer than that. He uh, he I, had to go through those. Oh, that, that's right. Offici- courses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think officially they only gave him a game, but yeah, he was. They um they put him on leave for a, a couple of games, but I just <sighs> flashed his gun. I, listen, I, I don't have any problem with the Second Amendment. I, I don't. You know, if you if you're in a state where you have the right to openly carry, do whatever the hell you want. I, I don't care. That's what the Second Amendment is for. However, however, if you work for a private organization and you're under contract and you, your contract has a morality clause in it, meaning that you can't basically do dumb shit, that you represent the shield, you represent. The organization, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, that includes what you put on social media, you should probably come to social media on your P's and Q's. Recently, I think it was Saturday, early. I think it was late Saturday, early Sunday morning, John Morant gets shown again flashing a damn gun with his, this time it's with his friends. Now, it's so crazy because in the video, his friend is recording the video. John Morant's in the passenger seat. John Morant flashes the gun like an idiot. And the friend has the right frame of mind to move the damn camera quickly. John Morant's so damn stupid. You just going to flash the damn gun. It's, yeah. it's, it's befuddling to me because honestly, John Morant can easily go down as the most athletic point guard to ever play in the NBA. Honestly, after Curry leaves, the argument's there that he could he would be the best point guard in the NBA. But you're you squander, if he's still in the NBA. If, yeah, that's the that's the thing though. If you squander the opportunity that is given to you, well now he's on indefinite leave. And who knows how many games that's going to be come next season. Dude, you went on ESPN and you went on this and, and you went on this sad story about how you're going to be a better human. You took all these classes about being aware and all these things. But it did you no good. Those were just words now. You're untrustworthy. And I, I and I'm saying this mostly for future athletes. Please, for the love of God, if you're going to go into these individual leagues. NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, hell, MLS, don't matter. Please, for the love of God, if you have the opportunity that only few people get in this lifetime, in this world, don't squander it. Just do what you got to do. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Set your family up. Retire with a bunch of money. Then you can do whatever you want. But while you're under contract, and, and, and this, is, this isn't just for athletics as well, but whatever company that you work for, when you work for that company, you represent that company in every way, shape, form, or fashion. That includes what goes out on social media. Be careful who you hang around. Be careful what you put out there. 
All right, that's that. That's it. I'm 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 finished. Yes, well, I will add that's that it. I, you know, in this I whole situation, off. the problem isn't that he has a gun. No, because that's that not the it, issue. it's legal to own guns. Right. It's not the, the, issue. the problem is that he's doing stupid things with the gun. Yes. Like in a car, um, just showing off the gun, pointing it and everything. That's that's not okay. But you know, he is allowed to do what he wants in his own time. Absolutely. It's just that it was recorded, him acting like this, acting the same way where he was like you know, in trouble for the last time. Right. He said he wasn't going to do stuff like that. And then you find out, you know, we would never have known if he wasn't being recorded that he still does this stuff unless people saw him out in the public doing this stuff. But it's the fact that you are in the NBA and you were told to stop doing this. You got punished for it. And then you continue to do it. It's just not smart. And it's it, it's dangerous when he does stuff like that where it's, you're, you're, you're thinking about his safety as well, where he's in a car flashing the gun around. We've we've seen, we've heard situations where things go bad when, when stuff like that happens. Accidents happen. Um, so that's that's the way I'm looking at it is, you know, I, I want him to still be in the NBA. And I want him to really take this seriously. But it just doesn't seem like he is. You know what? And that's going to be on him if he squanders the opportunity. I just had to get that off my chest, especially to, you know, the younger kids that's going to, you know, that listens to us and that comes across this podcast, you know, take it from us. Look, just be careful what you put on social media because it stays there forever. And at the end of the day, everything that you do represents the company that you work for at the end of the day. Period. Point. We're all under a microscope. Yep. All right. Now that I got that off my chest, now I can now let's do the closing credits. You guys miss yes, any sir. of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com available on all major downloadable platforms. Any platform you can think of, we there. We there. I'm not going to name them no more because we're everywhere. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Just Google us. Google me as a former announcer as one of the stations once said. Yeah. I hear you. I'm embarrassed. Is an outrage. You're always on your back. Always. <laughs> what? Bunch of low lifes. <laughs>